0: Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm so happy to have you with me today. Today, I have Jared and Amy Allen, and they live in Idaho Falls, Idaho, and they are the parents of five children, including an adult son who was recently diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. They are working on creative ways to help their son explore his gifts and become all he can be. This has included creating a lavender farm that also houses bees. And I am so grateful to have you. Thank you both for being here. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I, you know, I've secretly been plotting to have you both on. You just didn't know it. And I finally nabbed you. (laughs) So I'm just so grateful that you said yes. And I'd like to just jump right into the questions I already introduced in the introduction, or I already explained that you have an oldest son that was recently diagnosed on the autism spectrum. So I would like you to tell me about your son's education journey. Well,
1: that's an interesting and huge question. It um, is. Yeah. When I mean, when Noah was little, we observed, even, even very young, as, as early as 18 months you know just a toddler Mm -hmm. we observed things that gave us pause and we wondered if there wasn't something going on with noah Mm -hmm. but we could never put our finger on it and we could never get a professional to put a finger on it Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he did fine in school in the early years he, he was a very good student through through grade school and even into middle school, he was a good student, did well. As he reached high school, he started to, I wouldn't say fall behind his peers in terms of academic ability, but fall behind his peers in development and maturity.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe that social piece.
1: Yeah, the social element of it. He just seemed a little younger and mm-hmm. almost naive as compared to his peers. hmm mm-hmm. But he did start to struggle with getting his work done, and we were pretty hard on him. I, in particular, was pretty hard on him. <laughs> uh, couldn't figure out why he wouldn't do his homework, but he, you know, he did okay. He got through high school. He did fine. Mm-hmm. And after he was, he was out of high school, he left home for a while. He went out actually on a mission for our church and had a very challenging few months where all of a sudden he was struggling with uh, severe anxiety Mm -hmm. and he came home from that mission experience. And at that point in time, we were finally able to get a doctor to take his struggles seriously Mm -hmm. and really evaluate what was going on. So we didn't have a diagnosis for Noah until he was almost 19 years old. And at that point in time, we learned that he was on the autism spectrum and struggling with with attention, anxiety and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Mm-hmm. Which explained a lot in terms of the education challenges, mm-hmm. and since then, you know, having some counseling, some medication, he's uh, back in school, working on college classes now, and doing very well. He's taking a limited load, but he's a little
2: more every semester. Very
1: well in school and adding to his his load every semester. So that's really um, fantastic.
2: One thing that I really, I wanted to add to that was that we, when we initially had the diagnosis, we heard about Dr. Durchy there in Denver Yes, and went over to have um, some testing done. He and I went and that was really helpful because it identified uh, his strengths, details, you know, detailed identification of those things and also what he struggles with. And so we've been able to really focus on those things Mm -hmm. and give him some, some guidance that way, but also to give him some support in the ways that, um, you know, he needs it. So that's been helpful. I love that that was helpful
0: because just as a little shout out to Melissa Durchey, (laughs) I, I love to refer people to her because I think it is really important to get an accurate vision, an accurate look at where your child's strengths and their maybe some of their weaknesses might lie, and you that allows us to lean into those strengths and right. to get help for some of those areas that you might be lacking in, in some way or another. So I'm so glad to hear that that was a good resource for you.
2: It was, it was really amazing. I think one of the, like specifically, one of the things that she said was that, um, you know, he's an extremely talented writer Mm -hmm. and he didn't know that we didn't know that we knew Mm -hmm. that he was, had a great sense of humor, can tell a story like, you know, no other, but we didn't know that he had that talent. And Mm -hmm. then also to know that, um, you know, he struggles with note taking and auditory processing. Mm -hmm. So in a college lecture, that's going to be really difficult. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know that he could have, you know, a note taker. That's (laughs) Um, amazing. Yeah. So those are things that help make that, you know, give them the opportunity to be successful. So it sounds like his school has made some accommodations for him. Actually, he's been online almost all the time. So it has been okay because of COVID. Uh The lecture isn't happening in the classroom. (laughs) So that's interesting. Really needed that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's kind of nice. Sounds like that's worked in his
0: favor. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Don't you think? Yeah,
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, I love that. I love that. So then he's had this school experience and he was diagnosed a little bit later. And, you know, for those that are listening, my own daughter wasn't diagnosed until age 14, and we all know that there are many later in life diagnoses and sometimes there's a struggle with that as a parent saying uh of course because as soon as you know you can see it you can look back and make the connection so how has that part been for you both of you as his parents but also for noah just the
1: knowledge of who he
0: is to a greater extent
1: that's a great question and really interesting because for us we did know i mean we both felt fairly confident that if we could get a doctor to really sit down take the time visit with noah that 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 is a diagnosis that would very likely come back mm. and, and when when I met with the psychologist and Noah immediately after his evaluation, the doctor asked me, he said, would, would it surprise you to hear that Noah's on the spectrum? And I said, not at all. <laughs> it, it would not surprise me. It, it actually gives me a little bit of comfort mm-hmm. to finally have someone else say it mm-hmm. so that we've got an identification for it and we know how to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, So, so for me, that was helpful. And I think Amy felt the same way. We've known for a long time that something was different, not in a really negative way, just Mm -hmm. something was different. There was a struggle and we wanted to know how to help. And Mm -hmm. it was comforting to find enough of an answer that we knew at that point in time, how to approach it. For Noah, he has been, I think his initial reaction was kind of resistant that, that kind of visceral. I don't want to be told that I'm different. Sure. Um, but that didn't last very long. And he, he was actually relieved, relieved and comforted to know, okay, this is why, this is why I see things and feel things differently than my peers do Mm -hmm. or differently than my family does. This is why when my family's all together and things get chaotic, I, I start to get nervous and I start to kind of freak out and mm-hmm. have you to know, leave
2: the room. He's yep. he's
1: learned that he can step away and walk into the other room and have some time alone and it's made his experiences with family events infinitely better because right. he knows when he needs to step away and he does and then he comes back and he enjoys his family and mm-hmm. you know it took a little bit of time but it didn't take a lot of time and it's it's been really good.
0: Mostly
2: mm-hmm. positive I would say in finding out finding an answer.
0: Well, but- I I like hearing that because I think Sometimes, like you were saying, Jared, we don't, we don't always understand the why behind who we are. And sometimes I think, once we have that increased knowledge of the why, then it opens up our mind and we're able to find a place of acceptance for ourselves that maybe we didn't have before. Right. And it also sounds like maybe he has, and this is so common when you receive an autism diagnosis that maybe he has dual diagnosis and that's okay. We don't need to get into the details of that, but I think that's also interesting and eye-opening for the parents of the child and also for the individual themselves. Definitely.
2: You know, I think one of the most amazing miracles in the whole thing has been the medication for ADD Mm -hmm. changed Mm -hmm. his life has changed mm. his life because he can focus now and do the things that he, you know, needs to to be able to read and sit down and, you know, write a paper. That's before. amazing.
1: It is it, it was it really was a game changer because for the longest time I would ride him about his homework like uh, like I knew he was intelligent. So mm-hmm. so his grades would come home and he'd have, you know, this list of zeros on all of his homework and then he'd have you know, a, a B or even an A sometimes on his tests. Mm-hmm. So he'd have these terrible grades, but good tests. And and mm-hmm. I just kept getting after him. Why aren't you doing your work? Why aren't you doing your work? And, and now I know, of course, that he wasn't doing his work because he didn't have the capacity to focus and, and actually engage in doing the work. Yes. And now he does, you know, he
2: yeah, straight A's. I was in college,
1: getting straight A's. Wow, that
0: is amazing. And you know what? That's when it really matters. So
2: yeah, good right. for him.
0: <laughs> so I know I I just love that he's having such a successful experience right now. But this kind of leads me to what I really want to talk to you about, which is the reason why you started school bellflower farm. So first I want to hear what role your lavender farm has played in the lives of your family (laughs) members, because this is amazing. I mean, I just, when, so those for listeners, my sister, who's just a couple of years older than me knows Amy and Jared and thinks they are some of the best people that she's ever known and so she keeps me up to date sometimes because I know a little bit about Noah and so she told me that they were planting a lavender farm (laughs) and I said wait what and so I need to hear about this lavender farm and the role that it plays in the lives of your family members and what the motivation behind creating school bellflower farm was for both of you.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's <laughs> been a wild ride and a lot of fun and a lot of challenges. <laughs> I, um, bet. I don't know. We're big believers in following promptings. Mm-hmm. And if we feel prompted to do something, we, you know, we might take a little time to think about it, but then we we go after it. And mm-hmm. there was a home for sale down the road from our house. There was no real reason to think that we should buy this home. It's not bigger, not nicer, not smaller it wasn't like a downsize it wasn't like an upsize it's older but it had land but amy Mm -hmm. came home one day and said i feel like we should buy that home i feel like we're supposed to move into that home and i i thought she was crazy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it sits on 11 and a half acres and and i went along with the prompting i said okay (laughs) let's let's go for it and
2: and this is all at the same time as noah was being diagnosed and anyway, all these things were, it all
1: coincides. Yeah. So,
2: so life was calm is what you're saying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Um, but we pulled the trigger and and we did, and, and I don't think we had any real expectation of what we would do with the property when we first moved. It's, it's about nine acres of, well, no, let's see about, it was about seven acres of pasture
0: Mm
1: -hmm. with no animals on it. We were both at the same time independently brainstorming what could we do with the property that would be more useful than just pasture grass
2: what can we do to help noah figure out you know something that he can get really invested in and grow from and be interested in and so, we
1: decided lavender I now love it. Backing up a little bit, Noah, when he was a child, had a knack for catching bugs like no child I have ever known. I I, I listened to some of your podcasts and one of your Mm -hmm. early episodes, you talked about obsessions and Mm -hmm. and insects was definitely one of Noah's and Mm -hmm. he would catch insects all the time. And and so I started calling him the bug whisperer. And one All day, throughout life. yeah, one day we're—he's probably I don't know nine years old or so. We're walking through a field, and I look up, and and he has a praying mantis sitting on his shoulder. I mean, he hadn't even caught that one; it just landed on him and and went along for the ride. And so he's had this obsession with bugs for forever. And mm-hmm. we thought, well, if we're gonna grow plants, we might as well get some bees. I love it. Uh, we're gonna have lavender, so we might as well have some bees to help pollinate and, and uh, we added a, a beehive, just one beehive this year. We'll see where it goes from there. Mm-hmm. But he's officially the keeper of the bees and-,
2: and and when he when we told him that or suggested it, he was all in. He took classes it. online. He, you know, beekeeping. He took beekeeping classes. Absolutely. From the the hive uh, manufacturer had online bee classes. He read uh, books over the, like the weekend. He would pour through those books mm-hmm. and became an expert on you know each type of bee and which ones were the most aggressive and what their jobs were. I mean, we knew more about bees within a week
1: <laughs> than we ever... ever thought I would know.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so which ones did he choose the most aggressive bees or the, the least friendlier? aggressive
2: okay <laughs> so, and and we ended up finding them pretty nearby and jared and noah drove you know to pick him up and he just loves it i mean mm-hmm. he puts on his suit he goes out there he you know watches them he just added food for the hive for the winter which we're hoping that it survives because it's been cold Sure. But if they have enough food, we're told that they, you know, that they'll survive. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even on on Saturday, I said, Hey, did they have enough food? He said, I got to go out and put some in. So Mm
0: -hmm. he's invested.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's, It's so fun to see him in his, his beekeeper outfit and all the tools if he, he's if he
0: give you if he gives you the green light i would love to be able to post a
2: picture of him in his beekeeper suit only if he only if he gives the thumbs up okay <laughs> we have a good one of him i'll ask him <laughs> okay <laughs> i would love to
0: share that that just makes me happy i'm i'm like trying not i'm trying to calm my smile down because i'm so happy hearing this it, <laughs> this is amazing
1: it's been a ton of fun and mm-hmm. it, when we did it we thought well we've got to have a name for the farm <laughs> and we started brainstorming ideas uh mm-hmm. what lavender farm this lavender, you know just and this this house that we bought happens to have i don't know why it's here but but sitting on the property there's an old school bell oh. uh like a like a big you know school bell that would be up in a bell tower just outside by our driveway and so we thought well that works we'll call it the school bell flower farm
2: i love it and uh and the hive is called Beyonce and her hive, she the Queen Beyonce. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's that was Noah's. <laughs> oh, that is which, so amazing. <laughs> it,
1: it it is consistent with his other obsession, which is music. So Yeah. I, I I have to tell you, I loved that episode where you talked about obsessions because it, it is it is the or I don't know the, but it is. A window, and maybe in my at least in my opinion, the best window through which Mm -hmm. we can help connect these kids find their gifts.
2: Mm -hmm. Because they have Uh, a lot of them. (laughs) And I think
1: it's really easy as a parent to say, why are you so into that? And Mm -hmm. and kind of try to pull them away from it. But you know what? If Mm -hmm. if any of our kids who don't have a diagnosis are talented at something, Mm -hmm. then that's the direction we steer them. And (laughs) it just yeah. makes perfect sense to say my child is really into bugs so let's find a way <laughs> to help him learn more about bugs it's and, it's you true know, we're fortunate we have not everybody has the opportunity to have 11 acres of ground and, and to be able to do some of the things that we do mm-hmm. but there are a lot of ways to learn about bugs if that yes. happens to be their obsession and Yes. And I just think it's such a great opportunity to steer kids towards the things that they're passionate about instead of instead of worrying about what that obsession means. I agree. And I think the reason why I did that episode is because I have
0: had multiple clients feel concern about their child being so passionate about one or two things and we had a lot a lot of conversations about leaning into those passions and finding a way to bring more of that into their lives and to stretch it. It doesn't have to be, I love bugs, so give my son a magnifying glass and out he goes to explore bugs. It's, it's like what you've done. You've created this experience for him where he gets to be a beekeeper and that's really creative. That's not something that I would have thought of. First of all, I'm not brave enough to create lavender farm I I can't wait to visit it by the way when I come to visit my family I'll head over there and and check out what's going on (laughs) (laughs) so I also want to know so that's his role that's Noah's role he is the beekeeper he's the beekeeper president (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so it sounds like he's had a great experience with that are there other things that you're doing with school bellflower farm that kind of make it more of a
2: family venture well we were all out there doing the planting and the digging and the sweating and the <laughs> yeah <laughs> we have about 800 plants is also. that real is that a real number or an exaggeration no that's a, that's real, a number. real number number wow that's a real number. So we have five different varieties of, of lavender, lavender, and um, it, there there are only a few that will grow here in a zone five. So mm-hmm. we've focused on those. It's all English lavender, um, mm-hmm. a lot of culinary lavender, you know, different different types of lavender, and they were all involved, <laughs> all wow. hands on deck for that. Mm-hmm. I and bet. One of the things that we that Noah and I have done, which has been fun, is I I really enjoy doing the um, like making products, so mm-hmm. soaps and um,
1: all I, kinds I of. I come lip home bombs. at night and find the kitchen's been <laughs> converted to a chemistry lab. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he will stand with me as a you know as an assistant and do the math mm. while I'm trying to weigh you know lie on a on a, a scale. Mm-hmm. and we're trying to okay this is going to be four pounds of soap so how much of you know this specific ingredient do we need and he will do the math while I'm measuring mm-hmm. and so uh, that's been kind of fun he's a good assistant that way you know learning how to to make those things so mm-hmm. that's been good too
1: and well, eventually just, hopefully soon we'll have a an online I actually have an online store where we have pet shampoo and and soaps and mm-hmm. Dried lavender bundles. Dried lavender culinary.
0: Just just tell me that you ship to Colorado. That's all I need to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm either driving straight to your farm and purchasing in mass quantity. (laughs) Or I'm just going to order because I'm already excited about it. And I haven't even been there. I saw an episode on HGTV of a home that was near a lavender farm. And all I could think of was visiting your lavender farm.
2: (laughs) Oh, come and see
0: us. (laughs) That's so exciting. That is so exciting. So I do want to ask you both one more question. And I'll start with Amy and then we'll end with Jared. What would you say to other families and other parents? who are struggling how to know how to move forward in a healthy and supportive way with their child who may be autistic or may have ADHD or be neurodivergent in some way and may need a little extra encouragement. What would you say to these families?
2: Well, I feel like we need to have a little, I don't know, to give this thought. And that was that I don't feel like this came out of my own mind or out of Jared's mind, I feel like we were inspired mm-hmm. um, to do these things through prayer. And so um, that's one thing I would suggest, you know, uh, people of, mm-hmm. of faith, if you, you know, feel like you want to do that, I, I really believe that, that we were guided in ways mm-hmm. to help him. And the other thing is, I think that finding out as much as you can about your child, what their strengths are, and what they're, you know, what they struggle with is really important. And then start small and add to those things, you know, mm-hmm. just helping them to see their potential because they have so many gifts. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the, the main things that that we've noticed about him. I mean, he is a delight. He's talented. He is just, he's amazing. And um, that's been been a really fun thing to discover, you know, yes. through through all of this. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I think, that it's really important that we let them know, especially as adult, child, adult, you know, people that their journey might look different from everyone else's. Sure. And I think that that, that has been something that we've had to really stress with him mm-hmm. because, you know, what it uh, with what his peers are doing right now, it, it's going to look a little different and it's going to take a little more time, but that's okay. Yes. And we're here for him and we're going to do whatever we can to help him be successful. So that would be my my thought. Words <laughs> of wisdom. Us. Thank you for sharing that thought.
0: Jared, do you have anything to add to that?
1: Yeah. You know, we were really lucky in that the idea of autism wasn't foreign to either of us. We were fortunate. Mm-hmm. Amy, Amy was a special ed major in college, um, so she had some background. I grew up in a neighborhood with a, a family, some family friends that, I mean, neurodivergence ran through their family in spades, a couple of really high-functioning autistic children, mm-hmm. uh, one I, autistic son who was very, very severe to, to the point of, of sometimes being violent, needing to be restrained. And, mm-hmm. and so we'd been around it. We, we knew what it was. And I think for families that don't, it can be a real shock, and sure. and the word normal comes up a lot. Like, well, my child's not normal, but reality is none of us are normal. We're just we're just have different levels of being able to mask our our peculiarities, right, and and yes. appear societally normal. Um, but there is no normal, and it, it's important to remember that. That yeah, you know, my child's different, but every child is different, and mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna we're gonna focus on what makes him tick and what makes him special. Mm -hmm. and allow him to flourish in his gifts rather than drowned in his weaknesses. And uh, it's been wonderful for Noah to be able to focus on what makes him strong rather than worry about uh, what might hold him back. And by doing that, you know, he's able to, he's able to move forward. So I, I hope that, you know, that's what most parents can do as they approach the challenge of a diagnosis is say, okay, how do we, how do we make the most of it? Um, not how do we fix the child, but how do we make the most of it? Let them flourish in, in their gifts. We have a neighbor who has a, a child who's quite a bit more severe, but he has a gift for art. Mm-hmm. And so they've explored that and created an opportunity to actually develop an online store for art created by autistic children and other disabled children. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the opportunities are out there. Don't let the diagnosis hold your child back. Just find the ways to let the diagnosis move them forward.
0: Mm, I love that. Both of you have shared such insightful thoughts here and I really appreciate it and I what I always say in our house and maybe this term is overused but I like to call it holding space for my child and space for who they are and just accepting the whole person Uh and just saying this is who they are and and like both of you were saying leaning into those strengths and continuing to help them develop those strengths. and then working on some of those things that maybe are struggles along the way and as needed and as necessary. because I can tell you what I have a lot of things <laughs> that I have to work on regularly and I'm okay with that. I know that about myself and I think it's okay that our children know that about themselves too. I, I think right. it, I think it's okay. So I just want to tell you both, thank you so much for being with me today. I so appreciate you saying yes. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, this
1: has been been
0: fun. It It really (laughs) has. It's been such a pleasure. So for those of you that are listening, I will post the contact information for School Bellflower Farm on my Instagram, which is at navigating.the.spectrum. Thanks for being here today.